welcome to the Code Youngstown podcast. My name is Neil Primer, and with me today is Chris Harwell. Hi. And our guests for today include our standard third member, Joe Dunko. Hey. As well as non-standard, Nick Sarah. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Joe and Nick are here as the core organizers of the Code Youngstown organization as a whole. And we figured for the first episode of 2023, we wanted to have something of a retrospective over Code Youngstown's most recent year, as well as something of a review of what we look forward to in the coming year. To start with that, Nick, could you give us kind of like a a brief overview of the entirety of Code Youngstown, like what sort of growth we've seen and how long Code Youngstown has been around? Yeah, Code Youngstown. You know, what's funny is uh, whenever I need to remember, I just go read uh, Joe's blog post about Code Youngstown, and then it has a a nice little history that tells me the things that I did that I've forgotten. So uh, Joe, I want to thank you again for for writing that up. But uh, yeah, Code Youngstown uh, started in uh, 2014, I believe. At the time, there were there wasn't really anything going on. I mean, as far as like uh, tech community, um, <clears throat> what sort of spawned the idea was uh, R.J. Thompson was still around at the time before the the university uh, tried to ruin him, and uh, he had like a, a small group of students that he was doing like sort of dev work and design work with, and he wanted to start a Youngstown chapter of this IXDA. Do you remember that, Joe? That IXDA that he was rolling with? I remember. He started a chapter of that, and it was mostly just a Facebook group. And And I remember thinking, okay, I kind of want to turn this into like a, a software developer kind of thing. But it just kind of felt like I was shoehorning a little bit, and it, it just wasn't really going to work out under that brand. And I kind of wanted to do something on my own. And um, I think after that, I, I started like a like a Youngstown web dev Twitter account, which was weird and just didn't go anywhere. And then I think I saw a bunch of places and cities doing these. And I don't know if it still exists anymore, but there were these things called Code for America Brigades. And it was like, it was like, ten, you know, it was 10 years ago. I don't know if it's a thing anymore, but basically it was like a, a big national organization where they... Uh, where you would start one in your city and you'd say, oh, code for Pittsburgh, code for Portland. And it's mostly just like civic coding. You know what I mean? But uh, I didn't want, really want a civic code. And I don't think a lot of people really, <laughs> really wanted to. And I didn't know who was around that who would be into it. So I just kind of dropped the four and just ended up with Code Youngstown. So, and it was short and sweet and it made sense. And I figured it would be a good umbrella for everything. So, uh, you know, we landed on Code Youngstown bunch of designer friends of ours, uh, Stephen Andrew, DJ Pokrivnak, Bobby Lupo Hallis helped me with the design work, knocked that logo out real quick, knocked a couple of the uh, event flyers out. And then we were rolling. We did that first, uh, we did that first big event at the Erie Terminal, whatever that gallery space was. Uh, Mark Yonda and, and NYO uh, graciously hosted us for free for that first one. And uh, we had a pretty good turnout. Uh, Jeff and Joe was there and we had a whole bunch of, uh, just a whole bunch of people, community people and, and software people and a bunch of students and a bunch of people that ran businesses and the YBI and stuff. And it was sort of, uh, it was sort of our first, uh, you know, like winter or spring mixer. And, and we kind of followed that same sort of format for the other ones. And um, uh, from there, we just sort of went with it. It was just me at that moment. I think Joe was doing Hack YSU mostly. Uh, we had a second one after that that kind of sucked it. I didn't have a very good format for it. So we just kind of ended up in a room hanging out and it sort of turned into like a room full of different clicks. Uh, and then after that, I just kind of was like, okay, I don't think I could do this on my own. Took a little break. And then I think once Joe graduated and was done with Hack YSU, he said, hey, let's figure something out here. And since then, we've just been rolling. You know, we've been doing events. We've been doing uh, doing the mixers, doing speakers whenever we can. COVID has screwed us up a couple times. And, uh, and here we are. I think we've had like, oh, man, I don't know, almost 40 events or something since then. And... Uh, you know, we still get a pretty good turnout, um, you know, just kind of have to figure out what we want to keep doing. We've got to figure out if, if we like what we're doing, if people are getting value out of it and, and just, you know, either we're going to we're going to keep rolling along or we're going to make some changes and, and go from there, I guess. But I don't know, Joe, would you have anything else? Uh, any other thoughts on that sort of timeline there? No, I think that, you know, there was a there was a couple years there where, um, you know, it kind of went into to sleep mode during covid um, and I think we kind of brought it back pretty full force in 2022, which I think was like the big theme uh, for 2022. 
Um, we ended up um, having seven events this year. I just checked. So we normally try to aim for six. So somehow we snuck seven in there. So cool. At least according to meetup, I just counted. Yeah, I think a couple were junior nights, but you know, those are a little more less uh, less big, but you know, still I think worth worth talking about. So yeah. Yeah. I mean there were still like fifteen people at the junior night, so I'd say they were they were pretty successful. Yeah. And I think like this year has mostly been trying to consider what to do next. Um, and I think that was kind of the at least the theme for me was to to revive what we had and to figure out like where we should take this, if anywhere. So, you know, something, Nick, that you mentioned was, you know, trying to keep a feel on what sort of benefit people are getting from Code Youngstown. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about, like, how you gauge that and how you'd like to see that grow going forward? Yeah, it's it's definitely hard. It's definitely a balance. It's like you don't want to... You don't want to just put on events like just for the sake of putting on events. You know what I mean? It's nice to have the, the community. It's nice to nice to meet up, but you don't want to just sort of like, you know, say, okay, we're going to do this every other month, no matter what, just, just to stay on that schedule and end up like with, you know, some event where, you know, six people show up and it's, it's not worth anybody's time. You know what I mean? Like uh, the, the last thing I want to do is be running a thing where, where we do it just to say we do it and it's it's not actually really helping anybody and it's not not worthwhile to people so um you know and we haven't we haven't stuck to that super strict schedule i don't think ever you know we always talk about having one every other month but you know i think sometimes we do it and sometimes we don't we just kind of get a feel on it based on you know either covid or 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 what people are feeling or we have people asking us if we're going to do them and stuff like that. So you definitely have to, you know, keep a, keep a meter on that. But um, yeah, it's it's just what, what people want to have value in it. It's like, you know, do, do people find value in just sort of showing up to a mixer event um, and meeting people and sort of talking in a loosely structured thing. I I think most of the time people definitely do enjoy those. Um, You know, do people find value in sitting down and listening to it, to a tech talk, you know, those are, you know, to me, less interesting. Um, but I think a lot of people do enjoy those sort of things and then end up, you know, liking the social aspect afterwards. So, you know, it's just about finding that sweet spot. I, I don't know if, um, I don't know if every other month is, is, is something that's always going to happen. Like this last year, you know, we had the seven, but if you take away a couple of those mini ones, it sort of feels like four big ones is kind of what we've been uh, rocking more recently. But, um, you know, we, we put out that survey that Joe, Joe led the led the thing on and that got a whole bunch of good results on what people are interested in and what people want to want to do. Uh, it might be time for, for another little mini one of those just to gauge on, you know, what events people are into. You know, I don't, I don't want people showing up just cause they feel like they, you know, they need to, or, you know, I want people to, to want to come do something. So yeah, we just got to figure out what, uh, you know, where the value is. It's all about finding value and, and, and balancing that, you know, I think more recently, you know, we've been peppering in those junior nights. And I think, you know, over the last year, I think as far as like my personal satisfaction, that's sort of where I've been finding the most value in the organization is as far as like being a mentor to some of these juniors that are coming in and have no idea what they want to do and just, you know, giving them that extra little bit of clarity. So, you know, maybe we have four events a year, two mixers, two, two, one, one big talk, one lightning talks, and then we you know, throw in little, little junior meetups or code and coffee or whatever the hell we want to do. But, you know, we just kind of need to put our ear to the ground and, and figure out what's, what's worth it for people really, and, and get that sort of feedback and, and go from there. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about this last year in Code Youngstown. You know, you mentioned we've had seven events and a couple of those were junior nights. Um, could you talk a little bit about like what sort of growth we've seen in the organization in attendance? Um, and then maybe talk somewhat about like how much you see of that just being natural growth of the group versus kind of that end of COVID, uh, end of uh, quarantine resurgence into, into public and into like being around people and socialization. Yeah, I don't know, Joe, if you want to, yeah, I know you're that you got the numbers on a lot of this stuff. So you maybe have a little more perspective here if you want to chime in on, you know, if you feel like you've seen a trend or anything, but yeah, uh, it's so it's hard to talk about growth when talking about Code Youngstown, because it's, we kind of hit our peak very quickly. Uh, we, we kind of hit community market fit, as I like to call it very like unexpectedly quickly. Um, 
especially with our socials, we were getting almost 50 people from the, from nearly the, the beginning of when I, when I kind of started, um, kind of pushing those, those specific kinds of events. And so it's kind of been a, a, uh, what's the word people come and go over time as they feel like they're getting uh, value out of the organization. And I think that's natural. And I think what we're coming to is code Youngstown is now a known quantity in the community. People have heard of it. Uh, we have very consistent branding, and and we are now, uh, you know, at the top of Google. If you Google things like Code Community Youngstown and those kind of things, people know what to expect now. And I think we're getting more of the right people um, coming through the door. And not to say that we are not, we don't want to be inclusive. We want to, we want to bring in as many different uh, varieties of people um, from different backgrounds, different experience levels, those kind of things. But I think what's important is bringing in people that have uh, certain expectations um, that are, you know, about programming. They want to get improve their programming. They want to contribute to the community. Those kind of things, um, or they're they're juniors looking to to get involved and, and level up and and you know uh, learn through osmosis. We're getting more of those people, and I would say that even though, like like for example, the last social that we had at Oh Wow, which was sponsored by HD Davis, and it went absolutely awesomely. I think we had almost 40 people, around 40 people. So not it wasn't our largest event, but it seemed like everyone there got value out of it. Um, it wasn't like some of the events we've had in the past where 50 people show up and maybe a third of them leave because it wasn't what they were expecting or what they were hoping for, or they didn't quite feel... Um, like it was the the right place for them, which will will happen. And and while maybe uh, we need to work harder in some ways to uh, you know bring those people in, I think in other other ways it's you know maybe it wasn't what they expected. And so I think that while I I don't think if you go to our events, if you look purely at the numbers, I don't think we're growing in that way. Uh, like our our Slack is is growing. We're at almost three hundred fifty people. I think we broke three hundred at the beginning of the year. Or, maybe uh, slightly in the last year, like our numbers are going up, but they are not, I think they're reflecting a higher quality community than they are reflecting a larger community. And I think that's a good thing. I, I think that's a reflection of Youngstown's tech community as a whole. I think that's a reflection of the, you know, MCCTC uh, spitting out students that seem to know what they're doing. It's a, um, uh, it affects it's because of uh, YSU students and, and people like Dietrich and, and other uh, teachers and, and Hack YSU that are there, um, kind of pointing people who are the right people our way. And so it's kind of a uh, it's kind of nice in some ways. Um, if we're talking strictly numbers, our website has been getting more views than ever um, ever since we added that uh, job board and the directory. People seem to find those very useful. Um, I don't know if anyone's actually been hired from the job board, but I think it's nice to have that list. I know multiple people in groups have used the directory as reference for hiring somebody or, or hiring a firm. Um, looking for HackYSU sponsorships has been a thing, uh, a group that has used that list. So those resources are, are now there and useful. Um, another thing that happened during 2022 is we, re we rewrote the website from just being a static site to being Next.js, which... We could argue all we want about how uh, how intensive that makes it and complicated, but that gives uh, we ended up outsourcing that to some students and giving them some of that experience, um, and that's been a, a a positive thing for them, and that's led to some contract work that those students have had. So that was, you know, that was something they could put on their resume and, and makes it so that we can have more dynamic content on the site. Uh, we created a LinkedIn page. Uh, to try to take advantage of LinkedIn um, events. And the LinkedIn events are actually the ones that people say are going to the most. Um, we have like 161 followers on LinkedIn now, it says, which is, we we only created that like four months ago. So that's pretty good. So we're, we're definitely adding things and, and seeing numbers going up. No numbers are going down. But I think that the the real story is in the quality of the people um, that we're getting and and the number of people who are willing to contribute. Um, we've had a couple people, uh, Jeff Morrison is now helping us run our, uh, social media. So that takes a huge burden off me. It's just all kinds of things are, are happening and, and more people are getting involved. It's a, it's all good things. I love the, the LinkedIn, you know, shows us 
all these people are going to show up and then, you know, it, it's never, <laughs> that's probably the most unreliable stat we have is, is the LinkedIn stuff in, in typical LinkedIn fashion. You make a deal with the devil and it's all smoke and mirrors, but <laughs> it's kind of funny to think about that part of it. Yep. But I do know some people who are on LinkedIn that would have not have showed up to events unless they got the invite through there specifically. Yeah, it's definitely worthwhile. Yep. Um, and it's way easier than like Facebook where I have to invite people individually and, and it's it's very complicated. Um, LinkedIn is nice because you can say uh, everyone in tech in within like 15 miles of Youngstown, Ohio that is connected to me just send them all. It's so nice. It is really nice. You know, I, I loved what you said about, you know, people sort of just coming and going when they, when they need us. Um, in, in your typical marketing fashion, the, the idea is always growth. And like, I don't give a crap about that because, you know, the, the goal is not to, to, to have more people every day or to wrangle more people at the events. The goal is to be sort of here for the community. You know what I mean? The goal is to have have a usefulness for the people around here who might need something at some point. You know what I mean? So, so it doesn't matter that much to me personally, if we're seeing growth or we're seeing stagnation, like it, you know, you mentioned, you know, we got 50 something people at the very, very first event. Like we, we tapped into that crowd immediately. And there are people at that event that I don't think I've ever seen again but they know we're here. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't care if the numbers are going up or going down. You know, what matters to me is that we're, we're producing some kind of value and we're, you know, maybe we're not always delivering it, but, but when the time comes and, and, you know, there's something that we should be doing, we're able to fire that up, you know, whether it's, you know, take a year off and then have a mixer and wrangle everybody together, or it's, have a junior night where 15 people show up and, and we just answer some questions. You know, the, the goal is not always growth. The goal is, is to provide value. So, and I think, you know, we have all those sort of tools in our arsenal and, um, you know, we sort of just sort of choose when to deploy them really, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I, I, I thought was interesting at the last event is we had a couple people who we, we know person like we know by name and, and have showed up to other events who, um, they, they got laid off or are looking into the market because they think they might get laid off and they apologized for not going to other events. And I'm like, no, like we're, we are here for when you need us. Like there is no obligation. Like we appreciate it. Like it's always nice when, when people show up to our events, um, it feels good, but it is not like it is, it, it, we are not, I'm not. And I know Nick isn't personally offended when people don't show up. Like we are here uh, when you need us. And if anything, I, I think that, uh, at least speaking for myself, I am more personally offended if you have a need and you don't show up, uh, because you're, I don't know, embarrassed for some reason or something like that, than, than like, if you don't show up because you don't need anything, like I'd much rather, uh, you know, be an option for, for people like on call that like, Hey, I need to tap into the network because I, I lost my job or I need to tap into the network. Cause I know I need to learn this new skill or I just don't know what's going on. I, I feel like I, I want to, to contribute or, or any of those kind of things. Those are like the times to, to show up. Like that's, that's great. We'll, we'll welcome you with open arms. And if you, uh, decide you get busy or, or, you know, you can't make it, it is not a big deal. Like there's no obligation. And that's one of the ways that, like Nick said, we we run this event. Like if there's no need for something, like we're not going to put effort into into doing it. Um, but if y'all need something, if if um if they if somebody comes to us and is like, I really wish we did X, Y, or Z, then we're gonna we're going to try to do it if we can. Yeah, and it's it's interesting how many people like I can think of a whole big group of people that like if we're ever called upon would be there for us immediately, you know what I mean? But may not come to an event because, you know, that they really don't have any reason to. And, and, you know, I, I relate to that very directly because I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an event person in that sense either. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a big person that's going to go to a, a, you know, a conference um, or, or, you know, go drive to Pittsburgh for a, for a meetup or something. So it's like, you know, I, I totally understand that sort of aspect of it too. And, and when you think about that side of things, like there are so many software developers around here. And I think, 
I think we've got of a whole lot of them in Slack, but you know, like for right now, I'm looking at Meetup. There's almost 600 people in our Code Youngstown Meetup. Like that's insane. But the reality is, like 10% of them are going to actually show up and and come to something, which is fine because maybe they're at a perfect point in their career where they don't need to be doing anything. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, it's interesting to think of of how many people um, are definitely there for us and support us, but maybe not. Um, you know, maybe not show up to a, a, a monthly event or something like that. So it's it's interesting. What do you think it is that makes people feel like they may not get anything out of the events? Like I've I've been to multiple events. Like I've been to uh, obviously the Lightning Talks a couple months ago. I've been to one of our mixers as well. And I definitely feel like for anyone out there who's in the mindset of being ready to to get something from attending the event there's going to be something there so what do the two of you feel like might be contributing to that and what would you say to people who do feel that way as though they wouldn't get anything out of attending those events yeah i mean i i feel like there just has to there has to be a need there has to be a reason and it's i feel like there's not a lot of people who are just Code is not an entertainment thing for everybody. You know what I mean? It's 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 like it's different than going to a movie or going to a concert or going out, you know, to the bar that night or something. That those are entertainment things. And and while we want the events to be worth your time and to be entertaining, especially like if someone's giving a tech talk or a lightning talk, you know, it's hard to mix those two together and it's easy to confuse those two kind of things. You know what I mean? Like we're not, we want to provide entertainment, but the underlying things we want to provide value there. So in, in my mind, if someone is, you, you know, I, I think of Adam Magani all the time, like he's a friend of ours. He would be there for an instant. If we needed anything, we've bounced stuff off of him, but he's at a point in his career where he, he knows what he's doing. He has his good job. He has experience. He's a senior software developer. Like he's, you know, for him to come out to a, a, you know, a tech talk on Java, like he's not going to really find that much value out of that. So he needs to, he, he's either going to be there because he wants to support somebody or he's going to be there because maybe the, the, the subject is interesting to him. But, you know, that's a very small list of things to get somebody to come out in the middle of winter. You know what I mean? And go somewhere and meet up. So, you know, there's plenty of people that, that might just not, find a lot of value in whatever we're offering that night. And that that's perfectly fine. And it comes back to what we talk about in, in the underlying, you know, core of that thing is to provide value and not just sort of fill the seats, you know, cause there's, you're always going to be disappointed if you're just trying to like, you know, <laughs> fill the seats with people and, and not really have any sort of underlying need there. So, so yeah, that, that's my take. And especially coming from me as a person who, like I said, I'm not going to go make a trip to, to go to some conference just to say that I went to some conference, I need to be able to, you know, find some kind of tangible thing out of it. So, um, you know, different things for different people and they, they find different value out of things. And some people might be totally entertained from a, from a Java tech talk and some people might fall asleep on it, you know? So that's kind of a reason why we try to pair those up into twos. I don't think we've done a single tech talk night in, you know, eight years or something, we always try to mix two together. So there's, there's something for everybody. And we always end it with some kind of social and food. So, so maybe if you're there just to, to make some contacts, you're able to do that. Maybe if you're there just to get some perspective, you're able to do that. So, so yeah, pe- people need to, there's gotta be something worthwhile for them to come out to, you know? I think there's also some like cultural stuff around that where, you know, the population of Youngstown is much smaller than even comparing Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And so the the pool of people that we're, we're pulling from is is pretty small. And if you take that into account, our meetup is huge. Our, uh, our, our um, The number of people, the percentage of people that show for the number of programmers we have in Youngstown is awesome. But I still think it, it could always be better. And I think that part of it is a, a cultural thing where if you're not of the mindset that you your your um let me let me rephrase this uh with a, a example so um when i first started college i started going to every single meetup or whatever i could find and it was a lot of them were a waste of time like 75 percent was a giant waste of time but there's this whole like concept that is a little bit of woo-woo magic about like optimizing luck where you you know you want to be at the right place at the right time to meet the right people to you know get the thing you want and it doesn't just happen magically or organically organically uh, it might 
but you have to kind of be at the right place at the right time. That's how I've gotten all my jobs. That's how I've gotten all my contract work is just networking a stupid amount. And most of the time it's a complete waste of time. And we try our best to not have Code Youngstown events be a waste of time. But when I, for I started teaching last semester at YSU, which I've mentioned a handful of times, um, only two of my students out of my 30 uh, went to a Code Youngstown event. You know what? Three of them did. Three of them. And that's a, that's not amazing because all these people want to be a programmer professionally, or at least half of them said they did when, when I surveyed them. And so if they want to get involved and they want to, um, you know, get these jobs, they kind of have to start talking to people, um, in some way, shape or form. And Code Youngstown is kind of a, a perfect platform for that, um, alongside the YSU computer club and, and a couple others. But I think there's an inertia there. Um, there's a fear of not being able to not actually getting anything out of it, you know, of embarrassing yourself of, you know, not being not feeling comfortable. You know, there's also like a socioeconomic thing where some of these students just don't have a ride to get there. Um, and these are all things that I, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to be able to address and I can only address some of them and in various ways. But I, I think that there's always room for growth in these kind of avenues, um, culturally in Youngstown, culturally at YSU and those kind of things so that the people who do actually, you know, want, you know, need the help or, or could use the help identify that they do and, and take steps to, to actually show up and, and, you know, accept the invitation. I don't know what that looks like exactly, but I, I think that's kind of the other side is it's an inertia thing, right? Like it's very easy to say, you know what, I'm busy, you know, I might get something out of this, or I have dinner or, or, you know, whatever. But, you know, this is kind of my, my moment to be like, hey, if you've been thinking about going to a Code Youngstown event, come to a Code Youngstown event. Worst case scenario, you have some pizza and hang out for an hour and then leave or not even leave whenever you want. You're not obligated to do anything. But if you haven't been, please do. You might, it might be worth your time. It's, it's so interesting to hear you like talk about like the the computer science kids and, and only three of them showing up. Like, I, I think we need to be drilling into a lot of these people very early that like jobs in tech are very much like who you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like every single one of my tech jobs has been via a friend, you know? Hey, who's hiring? Oh, we are. You know what I mean? Every, like literally every single one. So it's like that's and I always I tell people that all the time. Like if you're looking for a get the number one thing is work your community, you know what I mean. And we are that community, so it's it's kind of like you know very apparent that 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 needs to be sort of almost taught, <laughs> you know. But uh, the other the other thing is like a lot of people aren't community people. You know what I mean? It's it's hard. It's hard, especially. You know, there's obviously the stereotype of the introverted tech people. I think that's obviously overblown. It's it's hard for people just to walk into it or a room they don't know anybody. You know what I mean? So kudos to the people that do. I, we had a couple people at the last one, and and that always amazes me when you literally know nobody and, and walk in and end up talking to people. Like that's that's hard to do. You know, I'm I'm kind of past that in my life. I'll go to Westside Bowl alone and just, <laughs> and just see who I bump into. But it's definitely hard for people. Um, and and yeah, like you know, it's 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 easy for Joe and I to to, you know, talk about those kind of things. But but Joe and I are community people, you know, Joe, HackYSU, Penguin Hackers, go to Youngstown, like I run a whole bunch of different communities too. And it's, it's easy to get into that mindset of like, uh, obviously, there's value in this community when you're like the, the person like building these things out. But, you know, it might not be so apparent to a lot of people, um, you know, especially when they're just getting their their foot in the door. Um, Maybe maybe Chris has an opinion on that. He he kind of just walked in and <laughs> he he's sort of the perfect example here of just sort of walking in and going, okay, I'm gonna find some value out of this or else. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking back to like the first time that I went to a Code Youngstown meetup. It was I was 2018, 2017. It was a while ago, and I remember um, <clears throat> like there was like one or two of them that happened before that, but like the, the nervousness of like, not only was like, I moved to a new state not long before that. Like I wasn't from Ohio and I didn't know anybody and having to meet new people. And finally I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go. The worst that can happen is I just don't talk to anybody. And maybe I learned something from this tech talk <laughs> and I get free pizza and soda. 
and I think I've only missed, well, the recent ones that we had because I was moving. I've only missed two of them. I go mostly for the, the social aspect. I consider everybody at Code Youngstown my tribe because really the only friends that I have. All right. Uh, Chris, do you have any questions for Joe and Nick while, before I get into the meat of the uh, year in review and year in the future? I don't believe so. All right. So uh, Nick and Joe, I would like to ask both of you to take a minute and um, kind of go over what's maybe three of the biggest wins you've seen in Code Youngstown over the last year are. Um, Joe, why don't we start with you? Do I do I pick three or is it three between the two of us? Uh, you pick three and then Nick can comment on them and we can see how many Nick has on top of those three. I'll, I'll steal with probably is one of Nick's. Uh, we got two people hired more or less this, this year, maybe, maybe not directly, but we, we helped, uh, one of the, one of the MCCTC students, um, I think his name is Alex. I apologize. I don't remember off the top of my head. And then, uh, Brandon. Also, I think was this this year. Um, so that's two huge wins. Um, if you're thinking percentage wise, that's like one per junior night, uh, which is kind of cool. You know, it's not a huge number, but it it does kind of show that you know the power of the network and and at the very least, the the they appeared in the Code Youngstown network before they had jobs, and the people that hired them were in the Code Young, Code Youngstown network. So that's a that's a win for us. I think I think that's that that uh is really motivating um uh win number two i think is for me is is probably delegation um was a big theme for me this year uh there's now someone helping out with the the code youngstown socials which is awesome that that takes up most of the time that it takes to market is just doing socials um so that's a huge win for me personally and for code youngstown youngstown because somebody can uh pay more attention to those than what I'm capable of between all the other Code Youngstown stuff. Then the other thing is that um, we've brought in a couple students. Uh, shout out to Garrett and Trong, who have done some awesome work on the Code Youngstown website that I talked about earlier. That was all student work, um, both the conversion the Next.js and adding those, those major features. And I really appreciate that. Those are things I've been talking about doing for years. And finally, we had the opportunity to just knock them out and include some students and give them some experience. And that's something I want to uh, continue doing into the next year, both between Code Youngstown and other projects that, you know, I have kind of in the works and other things. I'm trying to think of a final win. Can I pass um, in, in, until I uh, decide on a last one? Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at lists. So the fact that you, you rattle off a bunch of things is, is impressive to me. Um, yeah, I want to be clear on the, on my first one is just like people showing up, period, is still crazy to me. And that, that's like, that's a win every single time. Like, uh, I, I, I've said this before to a few people, but I feel like the day before almost every single event, I'm like, oh, man, this is gonna bomb like this isn't this isn't gonna work out like and then we show up that day. And when you know, 40 people show up and are are talking and getting value and, and all the food's been eaten and, and you know what I mean? And people are meeting each other like that. Every single time that happens, that is shocking to me and endearing. And, and it's always a, a win every time that happens. So, um, you know, obviously thank you for everybody coming out and, you know, Joe and everybody else for making that stuff possible. Cause that's, is, that is still crazy to me. And the fact that it's almost been 10 years, like, you know, obviously we've had our gaps in there, but that's nuts. Um, but yeah, what, what Joe said about the, the junior stuff is, and I think that's sort of, when I think back on this last year, I think that in my mind, like the peak of everything and almost like what makes everything worth it is is that junior pipeline. And we've been talking about that for a long time. And I think over the course of the last few years, there's there's been several people hired through that. Um, but that that's probably the 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 best part of out of everything because we we talk about that all the time is just junior pipeline junior pipeline um so yeah definitely you know obviously when people get hired and and even crazier when people are you know fresh out of high school or or fresh off of a i think brandon was what a, a music degree or something and just decided he wanted to make the pivot and and you know obviously we're not 
you know, taking any major credit for a lot of those things, but just, just being able to be in that process and, and being able to steer people in that direction is, is a huge win. And, and, and like I said, if I'm going to, if I'm going to talk about a main sort of overarching theme of the last year, or maybe even two, it, it's just been that whole, it's been that whole junior thing. And I think that's where I'm finding the most value, like personally. And I think that if, if we were to ask everybody, I think a lot of people would, would say that they're probably finding a lot of that value there too. So I think, um, I think it'll be definitely be good to continue sort of peppering those junior nights in, uh, just doing them informal. I think the more informal they are, number one, they're, they're easier on us, obviously. Um, but number two is maybe people don't feel like it's such a huge deal. You know what I mean? I, th- I feel like it's harder for somebody to walk into a, a big formal social mixer as opposed to like reading an event and it just saying, Hey, come hang out at the bar if you want. You know what I mean? I feel like it's a lot easier for somebody to come, come to that second one and, and not feel weird about it, especially uh, being solo or not knowing anybody. Um, you could always just mix into the bar and pretend like you weren't there and, and duck out if it really ever got too weird. <laughs> yeah. I, I think those are the big ones for me. I had a third one in my mind and I think it's gone away, but I'll, I'll bring it back up in a second if I can remember it. So somebody else talk about something while I think. <laughs> oh no. Uh, I feel like that means I have to talk about something. I couldn't come up with another one. Um, I guess a personal win for me was uh, finally writing down that that Code Youngstown, the blog post. Um, It's just on my website, codeyoungstown.com. It's one of the most recent ones. And it kind of breaks down the entire history of Code Youngstown. Um, I also have one about HackYSU as well. You know, they they talk about like, write what you know, um, and those kind of things. And and these projects, I don't, they really only feel interesting to me. I don't know if they're very, you know, they're not, great blog content but it feels important to document and it's been nice to be able to just refer back to it like uh nick mentioned so if you're curious about the history of code youngstown or the history of hack ysu uh those are those are kind of useful full pieces maybe we can put some links in the show notes possibly um i don't know if that's a win but it's nice i remember my third my third was that i felt like a lot of times this last year we had organizations like coming to us specifically for perspective on the local community and perspective on general hiring and maybe even just perspective on like software development in general, at least from a human side of things. Um, You know, I think earlier in the year, I don't remember when it was, I, I don't even know what year it is now, but we had facts that reach out and we went and met that whole team at the Mocha house. And we're talking about their junior pipeline, which is going to be awesome. We've already um, sent out a bunch of their uh, uh, job listings and stuff like that. So hopefully in the future we can continue with that, but meeting with that local business and then like the YBI hitting us up, obviously we've always had a good uh, relationship with the YBI, but them talking to us about maybe building out their dev team and stuff and getting some perspective there or, you know, even this last month uh, with Oh Wow, uh, reaching out with Oh Wow and HD Davis, like HD Davis doing all kinds of crazy stuff now and probably needing software people soon. And then Oh Wow trying to bootstrap this uh, this education stuff that they're doing. But just sort of being in the mix with all those people and at least, you know, if nothing else, trying to connect the dots and get the right people shaking the right people's hands. You know what I mean? is, is a huge win in general. You know, a lot, I feel like a lot of what we do is sort of just connections is just him meeting him or her meeting her and, and, and trying to get all those people talking. And a lot of times that ends with, with jobs that ends with, you know, like we had that guy from, I think Mark from Leiden oil come to that last meetup we did anytime that some company shows up to one of our events and is talking about building a team you know what I mean? And a lot of times it's like shocking because, you know, why do these companies have a software team in general? But whenever we get those kind of people showing up in, in local businesses, essentially showing up and networking with us, and we can then just sort of like fire off juniors and stuff at them, that's always a huge win. So I feel like we had a lot of those like meetings and connections this year, just with a bunch of local businesses and a bunch of local leaders and stuff. And I feel like, uh, you know, there's a lot of tangible things that can come out of those things. So um, that's my number three. If I said three, I think it's three. Yes. His three is my three. (laughs) Well, if it's not three, we'll just round it up and then that works. Um, 
so looking forward, um, I'm actually going to call on Nick specifically at first this time. Looking forward, what are some of the things you want to see happen within Code Youngstown this year? And uh, is there anything specific you're planning to try for this year? Oh, let's see. You know, it's it's hard. It's hard to figure out. And it's the same with that sort of growth question we talk about. Because it's like, are we, what do we want to accomplish? You know what I mean? And it's like, are we already there yet? You know, because I feel like with everything, with society, it's always like you're trying to get to that next level. And it's, it, nobody's really happy until, as long as you keep keep ascending the ladder. You know what I mean? And in my mind, like having even four plus a couple little mini events a year is like an insane win. And, you know, 10 years ago, if I would have thought we were even doing that, that would have been astounding to me. So it's like, it's like, do we want to, I don't want to keep hammering on ourselves and not stop and take a look at what we currently do and not appreciate that. You know what I mean? So um, I do want to say I am very happy and comfortable Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing with what we currently do. Joe has said before, it's almost like a well-oiled machine. You know, we know who to talk to. We know who our speaker pool is. We know what kind of events we want to do. We have West Side Bowl on standby whenever we need. Thank you, Nate. And we're able to just knock these things out. I think that that's an awesome baseline to have. And it's especially harder to talk about moving forward and growth. When I think about how much I know Joe does and how much I know I do and how hard it is to keep piling those things on. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, you know, this is code Youngstown is one thing that Joe and I do. I run a couple other different communities. I know Joe does a whole bunch of stuff. We both work full time, obviously. Um, so it's really, and this is something that comes up in a lot of different organizations that I'm in is just like capacity. You know what I mean? It's like, what do we have the capacity to do and whose shoulders does that fall on to try to make something else happen? I would love to do more things. It just comes down to, you know, what, what should that be? How do we identify it? And, and are we able to pull it off? You know what I mean? I don't know how Joe is feeling right now, um, but I've been, you know, teetering on burnout for uh, 10 years. <laughs> so... It's like, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to figure those things out. One thing that I did want to, one thing, you know, within the last couple of years in my mind that I wanted to grow into was the junior pipeline, obviously. And I feel like we're, we're rapidly going through that, especially with all these relations, relationships we're forming, especially with all the, the new people that are showing up to our mixers and stuff, especially with the relationships now with MCCTC, hopefully we can do a little better with YSU, Joe, obviously, uh, being a teacher there is going to help that. I don't know how you teach and do all this crap, Joe. You're nuts. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was one of the big ones that's always been in my mind. It's just really sort of ramping up that almost placement. I, uh, one of the other big things is, is essentially what Joe has already implemented. Thank you for making me not have to do anything there, is the whole Youngstown dev stuff. I mean, Joe, in, in my mind, Joe and I have gone back on this for years of essentially quitting our jobs and just building a little mini boutique consulting agency you know joe did that uh with uh the event stuff it found out how hard it is <laughs> but uh you know essentially having a pool of juniors and sort of managing that and throwing them at projects to to, to get them training i think that is tied to code youngstown but right now it's more his baby i don't know how how involved or, or, or close together those are going to end up being um but total kudos to that that was one of the things that i thought was going to be important um and yeah, th those are the big ones that are in my mind. I, I don't know. And I think Joe has thoughts on, on some of this other stuff. You know, we've talked conference and things like that. Um, and that the big red flag on that one to me is just capacity. So I don't know, Joe, if you want to talk more about that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, the last, I, I would say the beginning of 2022, the first half, I, I kept, you know, pounding. Uh, conference co-working space hackathon those were kind of the three options in the like next steps for code youngstown and of course i do none of those and go for the consulting route uh, ain't that just the way um it i mean it worked out pretty conveniently because i started teaching at 
um, YSU. I met some really awesome students who are also working on the, the hack YSU stuff. Some people that just, you know, couldn't land an internship, even though they're immensely talented, just because of how few we have locally and how competitive the national ones are. And so I, I brought a couple on board for the Code Youngstown stuff. And then uh, some of the YBI people and some other startups started reaching out to me. And I was like, okay, sure, let's see if we can make these connections. So Right now, the the Dev Youngstown stuff, um, Youngstown.dev is the website I spun up, you know, two days ago about it, is very tentative. It's just me and a couple students. I might write the copy to pretend it's bigger than what it is, but it really isn't. Um, and it's a couple startups that are taking the chance on on me and these students to hopefully get an MVP out in about a semester. Um Will it work out? Who knows? Right now, it's extremely time intensive because there is no process. the The students have, while they're they're skilled, um, you know, we're trying new things, and that takes a bunch of time and mentorship. So, um, kind of what I've talked about a little on the Slack is, I'm going to see if I and and these students and these startups all survive this this semester. And if that works out, we'll see if we can expand it next semester, maybe bring on another mentor or two, um, whether or not the mentorship positions are, are compensated in some way, or if they're, you know, uh, the goodness of, of the mentor's heart, like my, my uh, it currently is for me, um, the students should always get paid. Um, that's my priority is to make sure it's paid work so that they can work towards the one year of experience they need to get paid to work remotely. Um, cause that seems to be the bar. So who knows if that'll work out, but I'm kind of, um, you know, that puts me at capacity for this semester for sure for this next six months, probably, um, whether or not that means that there, you know, that, that pushes back a, a possible conference for sure, unless somebody wants to take up that mantle. So this is a shout out that if you want to see a tech conference in Youngstown, Ohio, let me know, let Nick know. We will uh, give you our, our full support um, and, and as many, our, our access to our Rolodex and, and our possible sponsors and, and some of the spaces we've already talked to, it, that'll all, we'll make it way easier for you. But, you know, if, if somebody else is responsible for actually making it happen, uh, that'd be awesome. Same thing with the co-working space. I, I just don't think um, we've tossed around a different ways that it could work. I just don't have the capacity nor the risk tolerance to making it work. So if somebody with either space that already wants to utilize it in some way or a higher risk tolerance wants to uh, make that happen, please let us know. We'll we'll throw the full force of Code Youngstown behind you, assuming you ma- it makes sense. Uh, lastly, the hackathon. Um, this was actually something I, I, I think I've finally been talked out of from the root reports from the um, survey results and other things uh, from talking to people, it's just really hard to get full-time professionals in a room. Um, maybe you could pitch it as some kind of civic coding. Like I know Bright Energy has a, a code for Warren uh, type deal. Um, I know that Cleveland has like Give Camp, uh, which is takes so much effort to, to put on. And I've, I've participated in that and it's an awesome experience. But I, I just... Uh, again, don't have the capacity or the risk tolerance to to try and trying that out. Nor do I feel like I'm in the best position to making that happen, since I'm less in the nonprofit space than maybe someone who's like, yes, this is actually valuable to these people, and has a way to make people feel valuable uh, for making those things happen. And then one other thing is we've been talking about the idea of having more targeted meetups, like having a JavaScript meetup or a Python meetup, which is very hard to do when you have such a small population of people in Youngstown, Ohio. But I'm sure that if someone was very, very excited to make it happen, they love Python, meetup, DevOps, or not meetup, uh, Python. If you really like meetup, you can do a meetup, meetup. I don't know. But um, if you like some very specific technology and you want to share that with people, like, A, let's get you on as a speaker for Code Youngstown's uh, normal talks. And then we can maybe use that for a... uh, as a springboard to have a, uh, you know, focused group that is like a, you know, sub code Youngstown thing where you advertise alongside our stuff, but you know, you can run your own group or, or, you know, just do it yourself and, and let us know how we could help. But, you know, we don't have the capacity nor do I think I know I don't have the energy and I guess I just don't love JavaScript enough 
to uh, do that. And maybe that's the real problem is I don't love JavaScript enough. Sorry for rambling a bit there, but I think that's everything that we've been talking about and, and considering and where it currently stands. Yeah, I just want to chime in and say it's amazing how often the word capacity comes up in every single sort of volunteer organization that, that people run. Um, uh, literally all, you know, I, I do this. I, I help run that our neighborhood association. I help run all these tape trading communities. And every time somebody talks about doing more, the word is always capacity, it, you know, and it's just, there's always more you can do. It just comes down to who's going to own it. And I have talked with people before about doing things, even with code Youngstown stuff. And what I always say is you have to have a point person. You know what I mean? Like you have, there has to be a point person who is going to own it and maybe not necessarily be doing all the work, but at least they own it. And I've had people actually push back on me on that. And, and the only thing I can say to them is clearly you don't do this. <laughs> like you, you don't do this enough to know what you're talking about. Like, cause if somebody doesn't own that piece, like Neil, you own this piece. And if it wasn't for you wrangling us, it probably wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Joe owns the site in the Youngstown dev. You know what I mean? I don't know if I own anything anymore. I just help <laughs> make all these little connections and, and try to get things across the line. But people people have to own it. You know, people have to own every little piece that you do. And, and if we were to go any other route, someone's going to have to own that too. So it's like, you know, I think I think before we are able to do more, we have to almost expand leadership and bring on people who are willing to also do more. Because that's the hardest thing. Because when you look at when you look at organizations that accomplish things at the top, there are always people who, when you start to get to know them, you realize that they are doing so much crap with so many different things. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing this and that and that and that. Joe's doing that and that and that. And then you have those people, like I said, that are not community people that just go to work. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, it's it's easy to expect things from organizations, but you, you just don't realize how much a lot of those people are really juggling so many things. And there are people that I know um, that John Slanina is one of them. Uh, Joe knows him. He's he's on the board. He runs helps runs our uh, neighborhood nonprofit. He does so many things that. I look at him and go, how do you do this? Like, and that's coming from me running so many things, you know, it, it's just, it's just crazy what people, and it's always those kind of people at the top and it's just, it's just capacity and it's crazy. Joe, I had a question for you. I, I don't want to steal uh, Neil's moderator status here, but uh, Joe, you're, you're so tapped into all the other communities around here as far as tech goes. I, I would love your perspective on how we compare to some of those other ones because i think of like cleveland python or uh pittsburgh's uh node.js or pittsburgh's code and supply and when i think of like i think of cleveland python and i see photos and obviously they do a great job but it's one of those things where i know if we did a python meetup three people would show up and i know they do a python meetup and i think they only you know they might get a dozen or something i'm not don't ever quote me on that i'm not sure but when i see pictures you know, it's not a big, crazy amount of people. And I still consider that a great success, you know? So I'm kind of curious what your compare and contrast is on us versus some of these other organizations uh, around and whether we maybe beat on ourselves too much for not doing enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, before I get into that, I just want to, that is a, a really good point you made about, uh, Neil, thank you so much for running this podcast. Um, that like the fact that we've started doing the podcast every month is a huge win for Code Youngstown and our community and, and all of those kind of things. Thank you so much for all the work you've, you're doing and have done and all the stupid crap that I've said that you're going to have to edit out this episode. Thank you. So I, this is the podcast is also a big win for 2022. So thank you. Oh, thank you for thanking me. Uh, to take the focus back off of me, you know, it. Uh, you guys have both echoed a lot that... Um, not just capacity of yourselves, but like the delegation that's happened over the last year. Where else do you see in your current responsibilities for Code Youngstown that you see room for further delegation? 
Like, what are some of the things either of you are doing that you would gladly hand off to someone else and be able to hand off to someone else to either give yourselves more time for some of the new ventures that you've talked about or to more directly focus on things you are maybe better suited to focusing on? Some of this stuff is really hard to delegate. Like for example, Facebook events are made not to be API friendly. So you can't schedule like the messages in the events. The invitations don't come from the page. They come from individuals. So it's my friends list that basically it determines who gets invited to fa- the Facebook events. Um, so I couldn't just like add somebody as an event organizer and, you know, have them just start, start inviting people. I still have to do that work, unfortunately. So some of it's very difficult. Um, I blame Facebook for that because that's that's an hour or two every time that I wish didn't have to be just me or could be automated. Uh, I think it remains to be seen how much of the social network, social media stuff can be automated or, or um, uh, uh, delegated. Um, and that is for me is the biggest thing. Uh, it would save me so much time, so much headache and increase the quality that it's a, it's a no brainer to delegate. Uh, I'm not sure about the rest. I am not good at delegation. Um, and I think that's a skill that I need to continue learning. Nick, how do you feel about that? What do you think we can, we can delegate or, or, or could do there? I, I don't know what I do anymore, which is odd because I feel I feel like I do a lot, but maybe I don't have a, a tangible like way to write that down. So uh, yeah, maybe so that's probably going to be hard to delegate if I can't even figure out what it is I'm spending my time on. <laughs> so maybe that's my first thing. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I just sit in a position where I'm just sort of. Uh, connecting the dots really is what it comes down to whether it's getting our our venue booked or getting our speakers lined up or figuring out the food or figuring out the merch or figuring out this or just making sure everything's on point and you know just connections and networking essentially um you know joe like you said the the hardest sort of part is sort of you know booking and advertising which i think you you pretty much have down and maybe are delegating a little bit to jeff but but yeah i feel like i'm in sort of a weird spot where i'm just kind of like I don't want to say at the top because we're both at the top, but just sort of looking down on the overarching organization and trying to figure out what's what's lacking and, and what needs what and, and that kind of thing. So um, I think uh, I'd be terrible at delegating any of that because I can't even pinpoint what it is. So uh, sorry. <laughs> to answer your question from earlier, Nick, which I think I can associate, I can uh, loop that in. I think that other organizations, you know, have similar problems. I, I you know, I, I, had a startup that completely failed and bombed around event advertising. And I went to a ton of meetups all around Cleveland and Pittsburgh to try to get data on what, you know, how nonprofits work, how communities work, all those kind of things. And I, I think that, um, you know, what I found is they don't make any money. So that's why that startup didn't go well. But ignoring that part, you know, I, I think there's, you know, the, the key tenets were that like the, the more focused a group is, the you know, less people who show up, obviously, uh, because, you know, they, you have to have similar people. A lot of them are just friend groups um, that that I found. Like if if there's like a, a, a very like a Rust meetup in a place where there's not many Rust developers, most of the people who are going to show up are just friends. Um, and it makes it very difficult to get into those groups and be associated with those. And a lot of the time what you'll find is those groups will begin with a big fanfare and a ton of advertisement and they will get, you know, 20, 30 people at the first thing. And then they'll expect that same response with less advertisement. The second time it turns out just to be friends and it's easier to do that. Um, cause you know, it's, it's fun still. And then it turns out that your meetup is really just like the ghost of a meetup that once was, and it's really just an excuse to, to talk code with friends, um, which is fine. But a meetup probably isn't the best avenue for that. It could be anything else. So I think that other cities actually over-index on the amount of active meetups that are there. And so looking at meetup, I don't think is a good indicator of how many people actually are meeting and how many of these communities actually do exist in these other cities. Um, I've seen pictures and, and videos of other, of like San Francisco meetups where I would have expected, you know, their population is super dense and they have so many more technical people. And still for like the, I think I was looking at like the Remix meetup, which is a super hip 
framework, JavaScript framework right now. It, it had like, I think it was like 40 to 50 people there, which I was very surprised in San Francisco. Like that's great for them. Like it's, it sounded like it was very high quality, but when I compared, you know, I would have expected 500, like if we're just going off percentage. So if we're, we're trying, trying to compare, which is probably not healthy, but you know, it's, it's important. I think sometimes I think we are doing amazing, um, compared to other cities. Same with, um, Cleveland, uh, uh, the the code communities there um and and in pittsburgh frankly i think that i i actually just had a awesome conversation with uh colin from code and supply who currently basically runs the the co-working space nowadays is my understanding at it it was a great conversation i really appreciate his time and it kind of ended up that a lot of the meetups you know five-ish years ago disappeared slowly and were eaten by code and supply and um, just because it was so hard for people to maintain them. And so code and supply adopted them and kept adopting them. And then, you know, when no one would show up because, you know, there was no point person, like we talked about, they would have to kill it because that was that. And, um, I, that was kind of the story. I'm not sure how much of that, like I'm at Liberty, you know, it's not my story. It was really Colin's story, but the, the relevant part of that is that, you know, I think we've bitten off as much as we can chew. And I think we're being careful not to bite off more than we can chew. And it's not just about what we can chew, but also what we could be passionate about. I think that Nick and I are still, you know, almost 10 years on passionate about Code Youngstown and doing this. And it it's very important that if we want this to continue living, um, if, if that we continue uh, to be passionate and not burn ourselves out. And so if you, you know, people listening want to see more from us, you know, we need, we need less your work. We need your passion. We, we need you to work on something that you're passionate about because that's, that, that I want to say that's what we run out of because that sounds funny, but we are, we are at peak passion right now. Um, and it's hard to be passionate about a lot of things at the same time. <laughs> peak passion. That's the, uh, name of our, uh, uh, shoegaze slash dream pop band that we're going to start here in a few weeks i'd go to that do we have any shoegaze bands around here because i need to go see them uh yeah i think there's a few i feel like i can't name them but there's there's definitely a couple if you come across them let me know because i've, I've been going through a shoegaze phase last last bit here i feel like every time do I, that i go to a show at uh west side bull it's it's metal and i'm not a metal guy well you will be all right, I think I've finally recovered from peak passion. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was just very unexpected. Um, all right, so I, th- I think we've covered a lot about, you know, what has happened with Code Youngstown and not only, like, where you want to go, which is not particularly far, but um, what it's going to take to make any sort of real change in Code Youngstown happen, which is just more people giving their all to something that interests them and is important to them. So I think that's a, a good place to end that that section of the show. So Joe, what have we had happen in the last month? I know we had the winter mixer at Oh Wow. Can you talk a bit, a bit about how that went? The event went super well. Um, oh Wow was a great host. HD uh, Davis provided food and drinks it went super well we had like upper 30s maybe 40 people show so it wasn't our largest meetup i think everyone loved having access to the exhibits at the top floor at the main floor so many people just kind of walked around seeing all the the cool things in oh wow a lot of people hadn't been to oh wow before um so i think it was a great opportunity to introduce them to this uh, really awesome resource that we have in the valley and if you have kids and you haven't taken them to oh wow or their school hasn't taken them or you haven't been the silly science sunday which happens every summer it's a it's really cool it's really fun um it tries to introduce stem concepts to to kids and it's a it's a cool place um it is not boring by any means it is it is interesting and and it's if you haven't been there it sounds boring but it is actually not as for our next event i don't think we even have one on the calendar yet we haven't even talked about it we're, we've just been trying to get through the holidays 
So I guess this is a, a shout out that our next couple meetups are going to be talks, uh, as at least they're scheduled to be, because uh, we normally do two talks and then the social and then lightning talks later in the year and then another social. So we have two talks coming up. So if you are interested, if you're passionate about something that you want to share with the Code Youngstown community, we want to have you speak to the Code Youngstown community. So please reach out. We'd love to have you and talk with you and 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 showcase what you've been working on. Um, so I guess last thing before we really wind up, you know, Nick, you haven't been on the show yet. That means that you're obligated to give us a couple of recommendations for your favorite local restaurants, you know, either places, you know, you've covered West Side Bowl, but uh, places where you either like to go to get some work done or just go get some tasty food. You know, I haven't talked about it enough, but uh, West Side Bowl <laughs> no, the problem the problem is I go to Westside Bowl four nights a week, and that is my primary primary diet. So, uh, so it's an issue there. But you know what? I will shout out is uh, go follow uh, Cedars West End on social media uh, because they do not have a menu, but maybe three or four nights a week, especially on the weekends, Billy there will uh, basically like toss together like gourmet dinners of all kinds of crazy things he'll do tacos one night he'll do like soups another night uh they did like crazy thanksgiving stuff they did uh a different uh dinner for uh christmas uh pierogies all the time so you know what i end up pretty much doing is uh flip-flopping between west side bowl and cedars for all of my primary uh nutritional needs uh, so, so that is, uh, that's what I would recommend. Top it off with a delicious can of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. And, uh, you're pretty much, uh, got my diet on lock there. So, uh, that's all from me. <laughs> all right. I, uh, actually didn't even know Cedars was still around. I haven't been there since, uh, I was too young to actually be there. Yeah. They, they, uh, they obviously, uh, they got booted out of the downtown location in 2013 by, uh, evil, uh, real estate developers and uh then that building sat vacant until this day so cedars could still be downtown if it wasn't for uh greedy real estate developers uh back then that was 20 june of 2013 i think was their, i think it was their last show and then i think within a year they were over at their west side location which is on steel street um and uh definitely been picking up over there there's been a whole lot of shows a whole lot of music they're doing their swing night again stuff like that like I said, every every you know few days, definitely on the weekends, Billy's been doing uh, some uh, awesome uh, meals and stuff there. So definitely check that out. Well, uh, that is going to be it for this episode of the Code Youngstown podcast. We want to thank both Joe and Nick for being here and talking about uh, the organization today. And we'd also like to thank you, our listeners. We'll be back with another episode next month. In the meantime, be sure to join the community on our Slack through slack.codeyoungstown.com and be sure to like, subscribe, and rate our podcast on your listening platform of choice.